This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Thursday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. Appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. We are we're still battling the uh, uh, connection issues. We're having some trouble getting our Facebook feed up, but we're working on it. Uh, hang with us, and hopefully, we'll have it up uh, here shortly. Uh, it is another hot day down here in the southeast. Uh, temperature is going to be in the upper 90s. Again, it's just this heat wave is just absolutely brutal. Um, well, look, lots to get to this morning. We're going to start uh, with some golf news. <laughs> We've talked about the, the, the LIV Tour and, and what's going on uh, with golfers defecting from the PGA Tour. And uh, here's the thing. Uh, Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA um, had a press conference yesterday in Connecticut, uh, the Travelers Championship getting ready to start in Cromwell, Connecticut, my old uh, stomping grounds up there. And uh, so, look, at the end of the day, if this is an arms race and, and the, uh, uh, the weapon is money, he said, we can't compete with the LIV tour, which, which I get. You know, I mean, the Saudis have oil money, uh, blood money, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they have it in, uh, you know, boatloads. And so there's no way that the PGA Tour can do what the LIV Tour is doing where guys are, you know, Dustin Johnson got $50 bucks just for joining the LIV Tour. You know, and, and their, their prize money uh, is obscene. You know, and, uh, you know, you're winning, you know, six, seven, eight million dollars for winning a tournament. The, uh, the PGA Tour can't do that. Now, what they are doing, obviously, he said, is, look, you know, we had talked about, you know, raising the total purses for some of our uh, our tournaments, et cetera. He said, but, uh, you know, we've had to accelerate that based on what is going on with this, this Saudi-backed tour. Um, you know, so, and, and Monaghan says, look, I'm all for healthy competition. You know, he said, but this is not that. He said it's it's an irrational threat, and and you know and here's the thing, and 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 I agree with him when I say it's irrational because you know this all started out with you know uh, Phil Mickelson and and uh, guys saying that that uh, the PGA was too heavy-handed and uh, they were you know limiting people's chances. Come on, limiting people's chances to make money? Are you kidding me? You know, I mean, uh, the the prize money for winning a tournament, if, hell, finishing second is more than most people are going to see in, in their lifetime sometimes, depending on, on, you know, how you work. I mean, you know, so I, I thought that was rather disingenuous of those guys to say stuff like that. This was just and, – and when you look at the guys going over to the LIV tour, who do we have? I mean, outside of uh, Dustin Johnson – 
All right, you know, Dustin Johnson is a guy that marches to the beat of his own drummer. I, I saw a story the other day. He said, well, you know, Dustin Johnson seems like he'd rather be fishing than playing golf anyway. Um, but you have guys that are on the downsides of their careers, right? You know, a guy like Phil Mickelson, who's, you know, in his 50s. He's actually not even, you know, he's more of a senior tour player now than he is a regular tour player. Uh, some of the other guys that are going over there are guys that are battling injuries and they're struggling like guys like DeChambeau guys like now Brooks Kepka, who was, uh, who was dealt with a whole bunch of, uh, uh, physical issues and, and his body may be breaking down. So he's looking at this as a, as a money grab, a chance to make maybe a boatload more money before his career is officially over because his body fails him. Right. So when you look at it from that standpoint, you know, how big of a threat is it really? I mean, the top 15 players in the world are still all still on the PGA Tour. Right? So that's, you know, now now the LIV Tour has also said they're going to go out there and try to, uh, uh, they've applied to try to get their tournaments to count for, for world rankings. I don't know how successful they'll be for that. But look, you know, one thing that this tour has, this breakaway tour has proven is that Everybody has a price. It's just a matter of what it is. And it's just, you know, there's an old joke, and I'm not going to tell the joke, but there's an old joke, you know, uh, basically saying, hey, look, uh, everybody has a price, and, and for for the right price, everybody's a prostitute, <laughs> you know? And when you look at it, and, and the, the part that is bothering me and bothering a lot of people uh, about the thing with Kepka is that just a week or two ago, he's one of the guys that is talking with Rory McIlroy, is talking with Scotty Scheffler, is talking with some of these other big players about what they can do to make sure that guys stay on the tour, that they can continue to promote the tour and everything's going to be fine. And so all of a sudden this week, he announces that he is going to the LIV tour and it completely blows people away. Kepka was supposed to tee it up in the Travelers Championship in Cromwell this week. And obviously now, because you joined that tour, you get suspended from the PGA Tour, so uh, he, he can't compete. But, you know, guys like Roy McElroy are pissed. And he said, look, he said, you know, I'm surprised that a lot of these guys are are saying one thing and then doing another. He called them duplicitous. I love that. Duplicitous. He said it's duplicitous to, to, to say one thing and do another. He said, look, I don't know if there's legal reasons for it. I don't know what the legal reasons could be. But at the end of the day, you know, these guys are talking out of both sides of the mouth. And at the end of the day, the Saudis probably came to Brooks Kepka and said, hey, dude, this is how much we got, you know, and here's a big payday. It, you know, it's been reported Dustin Johnson got 50 mil. Hey, maybe Brooks Kepka got uh, 50 mil or maybe 40 mil, 30 mil. What, what's, it, what's his price? Whatever it is, the Saudis obviously found it. So, you know, uh, and the, the uh, British Open or, or the Open Championship, as they like to call it, has announced that guys that on this new tour are going that have, you know, have the qualifications to, uh, uh, to be in the Open Championship are going to be able to compete the same way they were in the U.S. Open. Now, the U.S. Open has said we don't know whether that will be permanently or whether that will just be for now, but uh, we'll ha it'll be interesting to see 
what happens with this tour. It'll be interesting to see if it makes it long term. But at the end of the day, the history, the prestige, and uh, the best competition is going to be on the PGA Tour. You know, this LIV Tour, it's a handful of guys. You're going to play the same guys every week, and I know it's a team concept. Whatever. You know, whatever. This is just about uh, guys taking the money and running. And so, you know what? Hasta la vista. Best of luck to you. Take the money and run. Go play on that crap tour. And, uh, you know, I, I, what I would love to see is in two years when this tournament or this uh, this tour is no longer, that the PGA Tour tells anybody that played on the tour, go pound sand. You're not welcome back here. You want to you wanna play in our tournaments, you're going to have to qualify like everybody else. Don't automatically take somebody back. That's what I want to see. Is it petty? Yep. Well, I'm a petty guy. And I hope Jay Monahan is too. Uh, other news last night, the Colorado Avalanche with a win over the Tampa Bay Lightning, 3-2 to two in overtime. So they now lead that series three games to one. The Tampa Bay Lightning's uh, quest for a three-peat of the Stanley Cup in serious jeopardy. Uh, the last time that, uh, that a team won uh, that many in a row was back in the uh, 80s when the New York Islanders won four in a row. So the Lightning, uh, not likely. Uh, look, this is this thing is heading back to Colorado for Game 5 on Friday. Uh, Colorado won both games there, including a 7-2 to two, uh, or 7-1 to one drub, d- drubbing in Game 2. Or was it 7 nothing? I think it might have been 7 nothing. It was just ugly is what it was. Um, so uh, this is over. It was uh, Nazim Kadri's goal in overtime, and it was, it was there was some controversy about it. The uh, the Lightning thought that uh, there might have been too many men on the ice. Hell, when the goal went in, the referees didn't even say it was a goal. Nobody raised their hands to say it was a goal. On the replay, it, it clearly showed that the uh, the puck hit the back of the net, but nobody saw it. But again, anyway, look, the Lightning are griping that there were too many men on the ice. It's a judgment call. Um, it's not reviewable. Uh, and look, here's the thing. In the overtime period, the Avalanche were all over the Lightning. The Lightning looked like they were skating in quicksand. They were out of gas. Colorado outshot Tampa in the uh, the overtime 11-3. to So even if they didn't score right then, they were going to score. They were going to win this game. So, you know, controversy, whatever. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we have this in every sport. It's kind of what makes uh, the sport, all, all sports fun, right? The, uh, the well, you know, if it hadn't been for this or if it hadn't been for that. Replay has taken a lot of that away. Um, but at the end of the day, the Colorado Avalanche were, is a, are the better team. You know, I know Tampa came back in one game three at home. You, you, you know, you don't expect a sweep, right? But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, if these teams play 10 times uh, that the uh, or, or play 20 times. Avalanche are going to win 15 of them. It's, they're that much better. Uh, one other quick hockey note. Uh, Paul Maurice got hired as the new coach of the Florida Panthers. Why is that significant? The Florida Panthers had the best record in the NHL this year. They won more games, had more points than anybody else in the NHL. And despite that, they fired their coach. (laughs) That makes no sense. But this is where I said, remember yesterday on this show, I said, look, what the Yankees are doing are great, right? 
you know, 51 wins, you know, wonderful. You know, they may set the major league record for wins in a season. They might break the 119 that the 1927 Yankees won. Wonderful. But if they don't get to the World Series, perhaps if they don't win the World Series, Aaron Boone's losing his job. Period. This is a perfect example right there. You can do whatever you want in the uh, regular season, but if you don't perform in the playoffs, you're going to lose your job. You know, and the Yankees have been in the playoffs under Aaron Boone, but they haven't gotten to the promised land, and that is not acceptable, especially for a franchise franchise like the New York Yankees. So if the Florida Panthers can fire somebody for this, I guarantee you that if Aaron Boone doesn't win it this year or at least get to the World Series and make a respectable showing. Look, if you get to the World Series and you lose in seven games to the Dodgers, you know, or to the Mets who have a payroll that's bigger than yours, you know, it's kind of hard to be harder, I guess, to fire a guy, but they still could. But if they don't even get there, it's over. You know, and say whether you like Aaron Boone, whether you don't like Aaron Boone, at the end of the day, if they don't win this year, He's looking for a job. And I, I feel bad, Drew, for Andrew Brunette. Now, Brunette actually was the interim coach, but he took over early in the season. If you remember, Joe Quenville was the, the coach um, of the Florida Panthers, and he stepped down uh, because of uh, the allegations of uh, a player abuse when he was the coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. And so he stepped down. So Brunette took over, and Jesus, I mean, what a season they had. Playoffs didn't work out the way they wanted to, so Brunette's looking for a job. Although, now the Panthers have said that Brunette can remain with the organization if he chooses to do so, but with that on your resume, hey, I led this team to uh, to the most points in the NHL. If you're Brunette, could you blame him if he wanted to go out and try to find another job and said, look, you know, what else do I have to do to prove that I deserve the job? And this is to take nothing against Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice is a good coach. Uh, he's fourth in the all-time uh, uh, list of games coached. He's uh, formerly coached, of course, the uh, Hartford Whalers. That's how we all first, you know, became acquainted with him in 1995. Uh, before they relocated to Carolina, he coached Toronto for a couple of years, went back to Carolina, and then he was the coach in Winnipeg for nine years before stepping down in December. And in December, he just said, look, he said, I just felt like the team needed a new voice. And I think he was worn out and fe- said I'd had enough. And and so that was the end of him uh, in Winnipeg. So this is to take nothing away from Paul Maurice. He's a good coach. But <laughs> if you're Andrew Burnett and you did what you did in Florida, you deserve that job. So I, I kind of feel bad for him. Uh, but that's notice to Aaron Boone. Said it yesterday, and I'll continue to say it. What they do in the regular season means nothing. We'll talk more about that in a minute. They had another, you know, spectacular performance last night. Aaron Judge doing things that, you know, Babe Ruth has only Babe Ruth has done in New York. But at the end of the day, it's about championships, and the Yankees are tired of not having championships. You know, when they see their arch rival Boston Red Sox winning more than they are, uh, it sticks in the craw. Uh, and and wouldn't it be? I mean, it, you know, can you imagine? If the Red Sox and the Yankees meet in the playoffs this year and, and the Red Sox were to knock them off, even though the Yankees had the most wins in Major League history, oh, oh, they, they'd be lynching him in effigy, Aaron Boone. No question. Of course, we've got a long way before we get to that. The Red Sox still got a gauntlet to run for the next 30 days uh, on that schedule. But, uh, again, uh, but Paul Maurice in, Andrew Burnett out in Florida. 
Uh, one other quick note before we get to baseball. This was sad. Uh, Tony Saragusa passed away yesterday. Uh, Saragusa, uh, defensive tackle, uh, played for uh, the Colts, played for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, won a Super Bowl with the Ravens in 2000, uh, known as Goose. And he was a funny dude. You know, uh, he was uh, a Fox. I think he was. It was Fox, right? Yeah, he was a Fox uh, color analyst for a while. And uh, I used to love him because he was funny. He would say some outlandish things. Uh, big, big person, a big guy, big personality. Uh, just had a lot of fun. Uh, also, by the way, he was also in The Sopranos. Do you know that? He uh, he had a role in The Sopranos. I want to say for like three episodes. Played a mobster in The Sopranos. Uh, but a big fan of Tony Saragusa, 55 years old. Uh, nobody is saying uh, they don't. They did not release the cause of death. You know, you don't want to speculate. But uh, Tony was a big dude, uh, and and again, as big a personality. So uh, uh, I was really sad to hear that. Uh, all right, let's get to baseball from last night. Red Sox uh, win again. You know, it's uh, second verse, same as the first. I mean, it has gone so well for the Red Sox this this last two months after an absolutely brutal start in April. I mean, it couldn't get any worse than it, than it had. Uh, and they win again last night. They complete the sweep of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, they've now won four in a row, eight of the last ten. Um, they had already won the series, but finishing off the sweep last night was sweet. And again, it was another one of those games where uh, the Red Sox kind of took a punch in the mouth in the first inning and then had to work their way back. Um, a home run in the first inning uh, by Baez off of Michael Waka made it 2 nothing Detroit in the first inning. And you're like, uh-oh. You know, and what was interesting, too, Xander Bogarts was supposed to have the night off last night. He did not. He ended up playing. Um, uh, but they gave Rafi Devers the night off. Jeter Downs made his uh, uh, Major League debut. Didn't do anything at the plate, but made a couple of nice plays in the field. Um Jaron Duran, another uh, good game, a big part of uh, what's going on in Boston right now, hitting 297. Uh, drove in a couple of runs. Rob Refsnyder with a home run, his first home run since joining the Red Sox. Um, so they're getting, you know, what was nice to see last night was they were getting help from guys that they didn't always get. You know, J.D. Martinez didn't have any hits last night. He was 0 for 3. Uh, Bogarts went 1 for 3. Um, Christian Vasquez, a couple of big hits again. He had a, a, a big RBI late. Bobby Dahlbeck chipping in. I mean, so it was nice to see some other guys uh, doing it other than that core of the lineup. Um, and then there's Michael Waka. You know, you give up that home run in the first, and pretty much that was it. He ends up pitching six innings, just the two runs, struck out seven, walked two, lowered his ERA to 2.34, uh, 6-1 on the season right now. And then Diekman and Salamora finish it up out of the bullpen. And I'll tell you what, you know, the, it's going to be interesting. Right? right now the Red Sox are what? Third place by a half a game in the American League East. You can look at guys like Nick Pavetta and Michael Walker and say they legitimately are all-stars this year. You know what I mean? Not that the all-star game means a whole hell of a lot. But, you know, those are not guys that you think of as, as all-star caliber players. But, Jesus, with what Nick Pavetta has done lately and what Michael Walker has done, Michael Walker has resurrected his career. You know, and, and, and you know, I, I don't mean to, to be harsh, but Michael Walker stunk, you know, for a period of about three years. He was awful. So, you know, it's – and, and uh, Paul Jerry just checking in on Facebook, and, and you're right – in that game last night, it looked like Waka might be in trouble. 
it was sixth inning. Uh, Detroit had, I think, runners on the corners. There was nobody out. And then I think he got a pop-up and a couple of strikeouts, and he gets out of that inning. And ends up, I think he threw like 98 pitches, 99 pitches. So he, you know, doing that really saved that game. And this, you know, and that was vintage Michael Walker. But when you look at what this guy's done, you know, what he's done this year. Look, last year with Tampa Bay, the guy had an ERA over five. In 2020 with the Mets, he had an ERA of almost seven. You know, and his last year in St. Louis back in 2019, his ERA was 4.76. And his his walks and hits to innings pitch were damn near 1.6. I mean, so he hasn't been good since 2018. So this is a revelation. And, man, I'll tell you what, the Red Sox are are <laughs> going to revelate themselves all the way to the playoffs at the rate they're going. Uh, and, again, you know, the guy that seems to me the odd man out right now, when Chris Sale comes back, when Evaldi's back, when Whitlock's back, the guy that seems the odd man out to me is Rich Hill. And, look, Hill's doing enough to keep the Red Sox in games, and he's picking up some wins, but he's not exactly – uh, you know, striking fear into the hearts of batters. Hell, when he pitches, I want to grab a bat. You know, when he tosses up some of those soft curveballs, I want to run to the to the bat rack because it looks like something that you know from my slow pitch softball days. Now, having said that, he can still you know his fastball you know does. I don't even think his fastball breaks ninety anymore. It'll still be enough to strike my ass out. But you know, but for major league hitters, he's not scaring a lot of guys. So he seems to be the guy that might be. In trouble. The problem is, is I don't know how that how that would play out of the bullpen either. So you know, they may be it may be a situation where they're better off leaving him in the rotation, putting Whitlock back in the in the bullpen where he was effective before. But they're going to have a lot of decisions to make. Uh, no question about that. But uh, uh, look, Red Sox are doing everything they can. They're eight games over five hundred right now, and right now they would be uh, the number two wild card. With the Cleveland Guardians, by the way, crawling up their rear ends for that number two position. But they're only a half a game behind Toronto now. But, again, brace yourself because this weekend uh, it's the Cleveland Guardians for three. You know, uh, Then they got a breather, I think, with the Cubs. And then after that, it is all American League East until the All-Star break, including 14 straight games. I, still, I don't know who the hell made this schedule, but good Lord, 14 straight games against the Rays and the Yankees. And that it that is going that stretch, you know, and, and they've also got to play. I believe they have to play the Milwaukee Brewers in there, uh, you know. And again, the Guardians this weekend. When you so when you look at starting this weekend, with the exception of a brief breather against the Cubs, and God knows what's going to happen with the Cubs, but with with the exception of that breather, you know, until the All Star break, and even right after the All Star break, it's all first place teams or second place teams. By the end of July, the Red Sox are either going to be in great shape and they're going to have to be a solid uh, wild card team, or they could be out of it. You know, if they have 14 games against the Rays and and uh, Yankees and and go five and nine, or God forbid, like you know, worse, it's over. You know, and and again, I don't care how far ahead the Yankees are; it doesn't mean anything. You know, they're not catching the Yankees; they're not going to make up 12 and a half games. The only question I have is, you know, whether they're gonna whether they can stay ahead of Toronto and Tampa. That's because that's all that matters. And then you get into the playoffs and you take your chances. 
And with the way these these starters have been pitching for the Red Sox, over the last three weeks, the starters for the Red Sox have an ERA of like 2.2. It's something, it's obscene. You know, and when you look at this, when the way they've cobbled this together, you know, you got guys like Winkowski coming up from the minor leagues and pitching his ass off. Nobody saw this coming. You know, if they had Chris Sale and, and Evaldi, you know, and, and Paxton was ready to go, and, you know, then you throw in what Walk has done and what Pavetta's done, you know, you'd say, wow, that's a pretty good rotation. But you look at this now and you go, how the hell are they doing this? Every night they just seem to get a, a good performance no matter who it is. So, uh, anyway, the Sox are off today, and then Pavetta will pitch on Friday. He will open the series at Cleveland on Friday. Pavetta's 7-5, and five, uh, but he is 7-1 and one in, like, his last – uh, nine starts. So uh, it's uh, it's been phenomenal, phenomenal. As, as for the Tigers, <laughs> I feel bad for Detroit fans. My my old friend uh, Paul Arnold uh, out in, in uh, uh, Michigan, uh, he actually left town. He's out at the College World Series. He said, "I've seen enough. <laughs> Can't blame him. Can't blame him." Uh, it's thirty minutes past here. By the way, one quick note before we go um, uh, to the break. Um, and I, I don't know that he's listening, but just in case, I just want congratulations to Sal Morello um, in Cromwell, Connecticut. He has been named the new uh, girls basketball coach at Cromwell High School. Uh, Sal, who was the former football coach at Cromwell, he's a football coach at uh, Middletown High School. Uh, one of my favorite people. He's a great coach, great motivator, and as I, I mentioned this morning on Twitter, he is uh, a better person. Uh, so uh, with... Uh, uh, Kelly Maher, who was the longtime coach there, also the athletic director, stepping down to concentrate on her AD, AD duties. Uh, Sal, who was her assistant for the last dozen years or so, uh, has been elevated to head coach. So I'm really thrilled for him. And it's a great move for Cromwell. It's a great way to keep um, the tradition alive and to keep the momentum. They've got everybody coming back for next year. They're going to be really, really good. So uh, congratulations to Sal. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the evil empire, the New York Yankees. Back in a minute, you're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 33 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Thursday morning. Uh, just a reminder, there'll be no show Friday uh, tomorrow and no show on Monday. I am heading back up to Connecticut to finish uh, uh, wrapping up my mom's affairs. Um, I will be uh, uh, I will be up north uh, for the weekend. Have to have to empty out mom's apartment and get everything into storage. So uh, since I'll be in Connecticut, we'll we'll be back with you on Tuesday. So uh, I hope you'll be able to join us then. Uh, although I am I am looking forward to going to Connecticut uh, for one big reason. Uh, you know when uh, you you know what you can't get down here. You can't get hot dogs down here. I mean, obviously you can buy hot dogs, but you can't get good hot dogs down here in the grocery store you know you can't uh, you know my favorite is like um you know i like a natural casing hot dog i like something that uh, you know when you it's got the snap when you when you bite into it and you know down here they're selling like you know ballpark franks and oscar meyer wieners and all that yeah uh get me a good mucky's hot dog uh or a groton weagle hot dog those are like my favorites so when i uh, head up north uh this weekend i'll be uh, buying a bunch of hot dogs and putting them in a in a cooler bag uh, to take back with me uh, down here because it's, I mean, honest to God, I mean, it, you know, it's its a small thing, but especially in the summertime, you know, when it's when it's barbecue time, not having, not, I'm not, I'm not eating, I'd rather not eat a, a hot dog at all than eat a ballpark Frank or an Oscar Mayer hot dog. Ugh, just brutal. I mean, you just, it's so, anyway, uh, it's something that you just don't, they, they don't 
pay a lot of attention to down here, which I, is a shame. So anyway, so I'm looking forward to coming up and getting some hot dogs to bring back down. Uh, what I'm not looking forward to is watching the Yankees anymore. Yankees last night uh, were down 4-1. They come back to beat the Rays last night. Uh, and uh, Aaron Judge does it again. Aaron Judge hits his 26th and 27th home runs of the season. And then they get Jose Trevino uh, steps in with a big uh, two-run shot in the eighth inning, and they come back to beat the Tampa Bay Rays uh, by a final of 5-4. to four. It's unbelievable, this team. 51-18, and 18, uh, and Aaron Judge is on pace to, to break the Yankees' single-season record for home runs. Uh, it is his, that was his, I believe it was his 22nd, or no, yeah, 22nd multi-homer game. The only per and and uh, the only person, by the way, I think to have this many home runs this quickly in a season was like Babe Ruth for the Yankees. I mean, so when you're when you're being mentioned in the same conversation with Babe Ruth, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, it, look, whether you like the Yankees, whether you hate the Yankees, Aaron Judge is a special player. You know what's amazing to me too? The Yankees are taking this guy to arbitration. Right? It's it's Aaron Judge's walk year. He becomes a free agent at the end of this season. And the Yankees are going to arbitration with him. I believe the hearing is tomorrow. It's a $4 million difference between what Judge is asking for and what the Yankees offered. If I'm the Yankees, I'm giving him whatever the hell he wants. Because if I do that, I'm thinking maybe there's a better chance I'm not going to piss this guy off. And have him walk on me. You know, it's kind of like the Atlanta Braves. How about this? The Atlanta Braves are going to arbitration with their pitcher, Max Fried. Max Fried, one of the, you know, one of the anchors of their rotation. They're going to arbitration with him. Guess how much the difference is between what Fried has asked for and what the Braves have offered? $250,000. They're taking this guy to an arbitration hearing over $250,000. It just seems idiotic to me. You know, but if, if I'm the Yankees, I want this guy really, really happy. Right? Don't you? Right? You want this guy to be the happiest guy in the face of the earth so that when it comes time for, uh, 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 for, for free agency, he's looking to stay. He's not looking to bail. Because I don't know that there's a Brinks truck big enough for all the money that he is going to make in free agency, whether it's with the Yankees or with somebody else. He's going to get paid, uh, and he's going to get paid ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, he might be getting paid Mike Trout kind of money. Is he the Mike Trout? Is he as good as Mike Trout You know, overall? No. Mike Trout's you know, probably uh, top to bottom a better player. You know, he's probably got a little bit more tools, but Judge is a, you know, look, Judge Judge is a big dude. He can hit the crap out of the ball. He, he can play. He's a great outfielder. He's got a gun. You know, he doesn't have the speed necessarily that, that Trout does. But although they're, you know, although Trout's speed's not what it used to be, I mean, they're both, you know, very fragile players over the course of their career. But, you know, if Judge stays healthy, he's one of the top, Three, four, five players in Major League Baseball, and he is going to get a lot of money. But the Yankees come back to win last night, uh, 
And and if you're Tampa, you know, you've got to be distraught. <laughs> I mean, you know, you thought you had these guys, you know, in the bag. You know, they got to Montgomery, who had been really good this season. Look, you got four runs and nine hits off the guy in six innings. That's a game you got to win, right? But uh, the bullpen lets him down, and uh, Clay Holmes. But I tell you what, after Araldis Chapman got hurt, Clay Holmes has been lights out. He is 12 for 13 in save opportunities. His ERA is 0.53. You know, and, you know, Chapman's getting closer to coming back. Chapman might be coming back to being a setup guy. I mean, honest to God. Um, now, you know, or maybe if you're Aaron Boone, you have two closers because you use, you know, Holmes against the righties and you use Chapman against the lefties. But holy cow, who saw this coming? Now, look, he got better last year. There's no question about it. Right? He came over to the Yankees from Pittsburgh. And since coming to the Yankees, he's thrown 61 innings between last year and this year. And he's given up seven earned runs. And only, by the way, in those 61 innings that he has pitched for the Yankees, he has only walked eight guys. He has struck out 69 and walked eight. Who needs this Chapman? I mean, you know, so, uh, and, and their rotation keeps getting better. Uh, Domingo Herman is getting close to coming back. He had his first uh, rehab start down in the minors and pitched three shutout innings uh, for Class A Tampa. You know, uh, you know, get him back and, you know, get Severino right. And, look, this is a scary Yankee team because, you know, not only do you have the guys that can mash, but they can pitch. Starters and the bullpen, they can pitch. This is a complete team. You know, again, which is why I say if you're Aaron Boone, man, you, you better win. But Aaron Judge now 27 home runs, 52 runs batted in, in what, uh, 69 games. Holy crap going to be an historic season in New York. If you're the uh, the Rays, you're 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 trying to hold it together because you've got so many guys out. Uh, the good news is is that Wander Franco is getting close to coming back. Um, played six innings. He's three scheduled rehab games with Triple A Durham. He played his first one last night, uh, and uh, he will be back by the end of the weekend. So that's some good news. I mean, Tampa's really having trouble scoring runs, which is why last night had to be so disheartening for them losing. When you get four runs up early, uh, you got to win that game. Um, the Toronto Blue Jays last night beat the uh, Chicago White Sox 9-5. They avoid getting swept in Chicago. Uh, Lucas Giolito, whew, uh, he has been awful for the White Sox. Last night gave up seven runs and 11 hits in five innings. Ross Stripling was great for the Blue Jays. One run in six innings. Bullpen does what it has done all year. Adam Simber was a little shaky, but uh, uh, the White Sox have a lot of injury problems. Uh, Tim Anderson had recently come back, but uh, he was told to rest under doctor's orders. So they had uh, Danny Mendick taking over for him at shortstop. Well, what happens to him? Uh, he collides with Adam Hazley on a pop-up in his second inning. Has to leave the game. Right, so now all of a sudden, you know, you got uh, 
you got Garcia playing shortstop. You know, so they've had so many injuries this year. You know, Lance Lynn has been out all year. You know, he's been back, but he hasn't been very good since he's come back. And uh, they're calling for Tony LaRusso's head. They're not going to get it in Chicago, but they're calling for his head. So the Blue Jays stay ahead of the Red Sox uh, by that half a game by winning. Uh, and now they will take on the Milwaukee Brewers. So they go from uh, from that to the Brewers. It's a tough, uh, this is going to be a tough one. Alex, Alec Manoa is going to get the start for the Blue Jays in game one against the Brewers on Friday. Uh, he's 8-2 and two with an ERA of 2. Um, and if you're the White Sox, you need to get healthy, and there's no better team to do it against than the Baltimore Orioles. Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto. Remember him? Johnny Cueto has pitched well since uh, joining the White Sox. He's 1-3, but his ERA is under 3, uh, and he is going to pitch the opener today against the Baltimore Orioles. It's a four-game series over the weekend, and the White Sox need to sweep that uh, like nobody's business. Uh, by the way, George Springer did not play, missed another game uh, for the Blue Jays last night. He's got elbow soreness. Not what you want to hear. Uh, you know, George Springer, another one of these guys who's a special player, but all of a sudden, uh, the last couple of years, he's having trouble staying on the field. And the kid from Connecticut, I'd like to see him uh, get back out there. Uh, the Mets got swept by the Astros. I mean, it was a two-game series, but the Astros went again last night 5-3. to three. Uh, The concerning thing for the Mets is Carlos Carrasco left this game in the third inning. Gave up five runs and on four hits, a couple of walks in th- two and a third. Uh, and had to leave with uh, back pro- back tightness. He said he's not concerned about it. They're probably going to do an MRI just to make sure there's nothing structurally wrong. Uh, but he leaves the game, but uh, he was awful. And by the time he left the game, the game was over. Luis Garcia got the start for Houston. Wasn't great, but he was good enough. Picks up his fifth win of the season. And then Ryan Presley picks up his 14th save of the year for the Astros. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, two more home runs. He's got 21. Uh, so it's, uh, Alvarez, Mike Trout and, uh, uh, Aaron judge. They're going to battle it out for the home run lead. Although I think judge uh, wins that easily. Uh, Alex Bregman hit a home run. Uh, but uh, Alex Bregman's still struggling at the plate hitting just 229 this season. But Jordan Alvarez now uh, with those 21 home runs hitting 315, he's got an OPS of 1064. Uh, that's the best in major league baseball. Uh, the good news for the Mets, even though you lost yesterday, uh, Max Scherzer is uh, going to be activated on Sunday. He will start for them on Sunday so uh, uh, against the Florida Marlins. So that's some good news if you're the Mets. At least you're going to get uh, your ace uh, back. Uh, they're not getting – well. although I guess ace or ace B, I don't know. I mean, I guess Jacob DeGrom would be considered your ace, but uh, DeGrom is not close to coming back. But Max Scherzer will be back on Sunday, so that's some good news for the Mets. It's 46 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take one more break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 48 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Thursday morning. Uh, The Cardinals and the Brewers. Boy, what a great series this has been. The two teams that are battling it out for first place in the NL Central. Uh, The Brewers won the opener uh, 2-0, but uh, the Cardinals have come back to win the next two. The Cardinals win uh, last night. Uh, they beat the Brewers by a final of 5-4. to four. Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado both go deep in this one. For Goldschmidt, his 17th of the season, Arenado is 14th. Goldschmidt didn't play the day before, um, having some back problems. But he goes one for three yesterday, also walks once. Uh, Goldschmidt, 
I would say would be an MVP candidate in the uh, National League, at least uh, in the early going, hitting 339 with an OPS of uh, 1041. Arenado uh, got the batting average up now to 278. Um, and uh, so now the Cardinals in first place uh, in the NL Central over the Milwaukee Brewers by a game. Uh, the, the Cardinals and Brewers have both won 6 of 10, but St. Louis now two in a row wins, and the Brewers lose two in a row. Uh, it's a four-game series that will conclude this afternoon. Uh, Dakota Hudson will take his 5-3 and three record uh, in 3-3-1 ERA onto the mound for the Cardinals. It'll be Jason Alexander uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's 1-0 and with a 2-4-2 uh, ERA. The Atlanta Braves... Looked like uh, they were going down to defeat last night and uh, wouldn't be able to take advantage of the, the Mets' problems, but uh, the San Francisco Giants' bullpen coughs one up last night. Uh, the, uh, the Braves come back to beat the Giants in Atlanta 4-3. to Adam Duvall, a uh, run-scoring RBI single, uh, a three-run rally in the ninth uh, off of uh, uh, Jake McGee. McGee blew a 3-1 lead in the ninth. Uh, and, and look, the Giants, had, Mike Yastrzemski seems to have uh, gotten out of his slump. He hit a ho- another home run yesterday. Darren Ruff hit a home run. Uh, they looked like they were in great shape. They got another outstanding pitching performance from Carlos Rodon, who only allowed three hits in one run in seven innings. This guy's having a hell of a year. You know, that's one of those guys, when he signed with the Giants, and I was like, you know, what what's, you know, I was really – I didn't think Rodon was going to be able to uh, duplicate his his performance out there. He has certainly done that. He actually outpitched Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton pitched well uh, for the uh, the Braves as well. He only allowed uh, two runs on three hits and seven. He struck out 11 guys. But uh, Jake McGee, who had been pretty good out of that bullpen, blows the lead. Uh, and they actually took McGee out of the game. Um, and uh, they end up uh, losing it 4-3. to three. And uh, now they are within four and a half games of the New York Mets. Four and a half games. Uh, now the Braves uh, will finish off that series uh, this afternoon. Kyle Wright, seven and four with a two nine four ERA, uh, will make his first career start against San Francisco. Alex Wood, who is five and five, uh, will pitch for the San Francisco Giants in that one. Another wild game yesterday. A game that you thought was over. And the Cleveland Guardians said, nah, I don't think so. The Guardians come up with four runs in the ninth inning off the Minnesota bullpen. Emilio Pagan uh, coughs it up. And the Cleveland Guardians come back to beat the Minnesota Twins 11-10. to And Terry Francona continues to get my vote for the best manager in Major League Baseball. They are 8-2 eight and, eight and two in their last 10. They have won three in a row. Uh, they are now in first place by a game over the Minnesota Twins, and it is just absolutely uh, mind-boggling. Tristan McKenzie got the start for Cleveland. was awful, right? Four and a third, nine hits, six runs. Uh, but uh, the bats came alive. Sonny Gray was not very good for Minnesota. He had been off to a great start this year. But the bullpen going down the stretch, Jarrell Cotton and Emilio Pagan were just awful. They ended up giving up combined six runs and five hits. Uh, in two innings of work, and the uh, Guardians come back to win this one. Uh, Carlos Correa had a couple of home runs for Minnesota in a losing cause. He now has seven on the season. Uh, it was Hedges, uh, Rosario, and uh, Oscar Gonzalez who went deep for the uh, Cleveland Guardians last night. And uh, uh, The Guardians now looking forward to playing 
uh, the Boston Red Sox, but they've got one more to play with Cleveland this afternoon. Zach Plesak is going to take the mound uh, for Cleveland, and it'll be Devin Smeltzer on the hill for the Minnesota Twins. I mentioned yesterday, remember, you know, Shohei Otani, a couple of home runs, eight runs batted in, and uh, they still lose the game to the Kansas City Royals. And I said, well, it looks like he's uh, Otani's going to have to do it all. Well, he did. Last night he went out and uh, pitched his longest appearance of his major league career on the mound, eight innings. He only gave up two hits, no runs, struck out 13, and walked one. Oh, and by the way, he had a hit and walked twice as well. And uh, the Los Angeles Angels beat the Kansas City Royals 5 to nothing. Uh, I mean, look, I don't know whether Shohei Otani is going to win the MVP again this year. I was kind of, you know, meh about it last year. But, man, this kid is getting better and better and better. And but the problem is is that, you know, he, he, can't, he can't be out there every night. And, by the way, he had to kind of, you know, do it all last night. Mike Trout wasn't even in the lineup for the Angels last night. But they end up beating the Kansas City Royals five to nothing. So good for him. Uh, and uh, now the uh, uh, the Royals will uh, <laughs> the Royals will just continue to lick their wounds. The good news is Zach Greinke is going to uh, uh, come off of the uh, disabled list. He is going to pitch this weekend against Oakland. Uh, the Angels have today off, and then they have a three game series um, starting on Friday night against the Seattle Mariners. Uh, the Dodgers win last night. Freddie Freeman. A uh, home run, couple of runs batted in, and uh, they beat the Cincinnati Reds 8-4. to four. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is going to pitch today against the Reds, 4-1, 2-0-8 ERA. The rookie, Hunter Green, will take the mound uh, for the Reds. Uh, he is 3-7, and 5.26. He struggled a little bit in his rookie year, but he faced the Dodgers earlier this season. He threw, 100, or threw 39 pitches that were at more than 100 miles an hour when he faced the Dodgers back in April. Holy crap. Uh, one other quick note. Uh, it was announced yesterday, or, yeah, day before yesterday, Nick Faldo, the uh, CBS golf analyst, is uh, going to retire. He's going to step down at the end of this season uh, from his broadcasting duties with CBS. Uh, he has been uh, their lead analyst since Ken Venturi uh, retired. And uh, now Trevor Immelman will take over for the 64-year-old Faldo when he steps away. Uh, Immelman's been with, with CBS Golf since 2019, uh, and uh, but uh, Felder will still be uh, on the air for the rest of the year. Matter of fact, he's on the air this weekend uh, at the Travelers Championship up in Connecticut. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back Tuesday. I'll be up in Connecticut for the uh, the next couple of shows, so I, we will not be on on Friday and Monday, but we will be back on Tuesday. Hope you can join us then. Hey, yesterday was uh, Chris Christopherson's 86th birthday, and I forgot to mention that. Uh, one of my favorite all-time uh, artists, a great songwriter, uh, recently retired from performing. Uh, but when you know what? When you're 86, you're entitled. Uh, but this is one of my favorite songs by him. Here's Chris Christopherson uh, to beat the devil. Happy birthday, Chris. We'll see you on Tuesday. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.